Good day to you ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Focus, episode 49, The Oscars Recap. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit since the last episode. Um, yeah, the last episode was Black Panther. I was potentially planning to do a, uh, was it spoiler-based episode? But time just was on my side, and I just wasn't sure how much interest I would have been able to gauge or how long I would have been able to do the episode on talk about spoilers. I mean, there were certainly things to talk about, but I don't know if it would have been a valuable, you know, was it episode to do. So I was like, eh, maybe I'll just leave it for now. But yeah, we have some other topics in the pipeline, but today's episode is going to be a little different. It's a bit of a impromptu episode because um, today is, at the time of this recording, um, March 5th. So it was the day after the 90th Academy Awards and yeah so the Oscars happened yesterday big hullabaloo about like you know is it bare people and films winning awards and stuff like that and yeah I mean as much as I've sort of lost interest in the Oscars recently mainly because of the more predictable and generic nature of like some of the people that get nominated and some of the people that win it's still the only award show that I actually pay attention to today I mean Many years ago, I mean many years ago, we were talking about only about 10, but when I was proper starting to pay attention to, you know, award shows and stuff like that, I used to follow the the BAFTAs and the Golden Globes, and um, sometimes, well, when I started watching TV, I started paying attention to the Emmys, and, um, you know, the uh, some of these other ones here, there, and everywhere, but the Oscars are the only one I've ever come back to and paid attention to, you know, continuously, and... I think it was last year was the first time I hadn't watched them the whole way through because I think was it since 2014 I started watching the Oscars live, um, you know, online and it's been a really interesting experience with, you know, some of the people that I've hosted, you know, some of it been good, some of it been bad, some of the outcomes have been good and some of the outcomes have been questionable. But yeah, this year you had a stacked, like, you know, set of, um, you know, actors and, um, you know, people working in you know scripts and visual effects and production design and it, it was a very tight race so I was in half and half like minds about watching the Oscars so I watched the first few minutes and saw the um, nominations and winners for best supporting actor and just after that I was like you know what I'm too tired I've got to be somewhere you know work related in the morning so I was like okay screw up not gonna watch but yeah I thought I'd do a quick recap of you know the major events of the Oscars talk about the people that won the people that I wanted to win whether it was you know in my opinion fair or you know not fair and just talk about what stuff I did see because this morning I have made a habit of you know taking a look at um, you know some of the hosting skills of Jimmy Kimmel and see some of the jokes that were done and um, seeing the acceptance speeches of the categories that I was interested in watching so yeah today's episode is going to be a little bit more loose um, less structured I'm just going to go through the entirety of the major 
categories from the Oscars that are you know are important to me. Talk about who won and um, yeah, just talk about the overall experience from what I saw. So yeah, without further ado, let's begin. All right, so starting from the top, best picture. Here's the films that were nominated: Call Me by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread. The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Out of all of these films, there's only one that I didn't see, and that was The Phantom Thread. Somehow, some way, my cinema, my local one, just decided not to show it. And I'm like, oh, come on. It's a Daniel Day Lewis in, like, what is, like, I think his last film because he's just going to retire after this, and I couldn't see it in the bloody cinema. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. That's a big old BS. So yeah, um, I'll probably check it out soon when I have the time, but yeah, I really want to see that before the film came out. But anyway, of the films that were going to win Best Picture, the ones I was hoping for were The Shape of Water and Three Billboards, because Three Billboards, when I went to see that, I'd heard so much hype about it in America before it came out over here in the UK, and I thought, oh yeah, this film can't be that good. I mean, the trailers didn't do much to, you know, wow me or whatever, but I was like, okay, let me give it a watch, and my goodness... If I could revisit my 2017 list, it would easily be, I think, maybe number two or three. Probably number two in my top ten list of 2017 films because that film was incredible. Such an, such an emotional and engaging film in a way in which I didn't even think. It was just, wow. A really wow surprise film in the best way possible. And The Shape of War, I literally just saw a few days ago. Again, a lot of hype behind that film. I was really curious to see how it turned out. And it was one of the most delightful, beautiful, dark, crazy and strange films I've seen in a while in only the way Guillermo del Toro can do. And the other films in the list, uh, you know, Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird I saw pretty recently. Call Me By Your Name has like a lot of elements of, you know, film that I really enjoy. But it wasn't like, you know, in this super high top tier quality that I would have put to the previous two films. And Lady Bird I actually liked a lot. Uh, the main character kind of pissed me off for a while, but, you know, after a while, you come to understand her. So, yeah, that film was, again, surprisingly engaging. As for the other films on the list, I mean, I would have liked to see what happened if Get Out would have won. But I thought that was a bit of a stretch, though, just because this is the Academy we're talking about. So, yeah, uh, Darkest Hour, I thought, was, you know, a decent film, mainly elevated by Gary Oldman's performance as the title character. And Dunkirk is just... It's overhyped, man. The film was good, uh, mainly from a visual, like, you know, as it standpoint, like, you know, all the technical elements of it was good. But I don't think it's this, like, you know, fantastic, amazing film that everyone's going on about. And the post, decent at best. Again, it was mainly the performances that really elevated the film and John Williams' score, which is actually pretty good. One of his most notable ones in years, you know, in terms of having presence. But anyway, the film that actually won was The Shape of War. And I was very pleased because, um, yeah, Guillermo del Toro, the man has been in the industry for a good while now. And uh, for him to be in a position where he's like, you know, is it nominated for Oscars and stuff like that, you know, um, nothing like this has happened in his career. Like, you know, having this notable of a splash of a film with such a weird yet enchanting and different kind of like visual aesthetic and sort of storytelling. When compared to, you know, was it his last film like Pan's Labyrinth, which is the closest we can get to this kind of, um, those kind of films, like, you know, in terms of comparisons and stuff like that. But The Shape of Water won Best Picture. I saw the um, acceptance speech and it was quite nice, very touching. Um, so, yeah, I was happy that The Shape of Water won. I would have been happy if Free Billboards won as well, but it was out of those two for me to win Best Picture. So I'm glad that Shape of Water won it. 
Alright, so for the best director, you had the people that were nominated Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Um, out of these uh, directors that I wanted to win, it was again looking towards Guillermo del Toro because The Shape of Water, again, was such a different and wonderful kind of film. And del Toro's direction and you know just fingertips you can feel his presence all over the film and it just has such a power and level of engagement that the other films I'm not gonna say didn't have but it just got me on a different level uh, Get Out was a really surprisingly great film when I first saw it last year I think it was like what February or January last year but again it would have been a stretch for Jordan Peele to win this but I would have loved to have seen it because that would have been such a massive win for him um, but yeah it would have been between those two I love Christopher Nolan's films for the most part um, but Dunkirk really wouldn't be like you know the film I wanted to win best director for so yeah I mean again Del Toro he had one hell of a speech it was touching talking about like you know his upbringing and like you know seeing how he transitioned from you know, just being a young filmmaker, you know, uh, born in Mexico, watching American films to being, you know, was it nominated and then winning an Oscar. The guy talks with passion and flair and heart and I'm so happy that he won. Okay, so now we have Best Actor in Leading Role. Um, you had Timothy Chalamet. Oh God, I'm butchering his name already. Uh, the main young dude from Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis in The Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out, Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. At least I hope I'm saying that correctly too. And of all the people that are in this list, this is a tight race because um, Timothy, at least I'm hopefully saying his name correctly, in Call Me By Your Name was really good. Quite a compelling character. And then you have a titan or titans when you consider Daniel Day-Lewis and Gary Oldman and Denzel Washington all really great actors and uh, yeah like it was a tight race I mean I didn't see Denzel's film I really wanted to see that before it came before the Oscars came out but I just didn't have the time and with uh, Daniel Kaluuya as good as he was in Get Out I think it was a shoe in for Gary Oldman to win and he did win and I was happy for him because Gary Oldman is one of those sort of actors that has been around for ages and he's done such good work for years and the fact that he's not been you know he's not won anything yet is ridiculous so to see him win for Churchill um, in The Darkest Hour was really good because his performance was absolutely stellar and, you know, it is almost sort of similar to what happened with um, Leonardo DiCaprio when he won for The Revenant. Um, you know, the guy's really good and he's been working well for years. So this is almost like uh, the here's your Oscar that you deserve kind of Oscar award. But yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman's really good. He was really good in this film. And yeah, I know there's some a lot of people saying, you know, the kid from Call Me By Your Name should have won it. Um... You know, there might be arguments to be made for that, but this is Gary Oldman we're talking about, so I'm happy that he won. His speech was really nice as well. Gary Oldman, I love you, and I'm glad you won. Okay, now this is where things start to get really, really complicated. Best Actress in a Leading Role, you had Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tonya, Saucy Ronan for... Ladybird, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, I'm probably butchering it again, and Meryl Streep for The Post. Now, 
no offense to Meryl Streep, she's a great actress and all, but I don't think this is like, you know, is it super top tier material? I think she's just being nominated because, you know, this is Meryl Streep and she's always nominated, like, but yeah, uh, for me personally, I would have taken her out of the equation straight away because the other four performances on here I felt were far more compelling. Um, Saucy Ronan in Lady Bird was a really, really solid and great performance. Um, but even her, I would have just like, you know, is it taken her slightly out of the equation because as good as she was, these next three actresses literally just bled the hell out of the films that they were in. Um, Margot Robbie and I, Tonya, was fantastic. And if she would have won, I would have been so happy because that was one hell of a performance in Itonia. To do what she did in such a charismatic, aggressive, and yet, um, you know, compelling and engaging manner, she was really good. And Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water, like, you know, that woman was bringing me to, like, you know, was it wanting to cry, but I'm trying not to cry in the bloody cinema. Um, but there were so many powerful moments, at least two powerful moments in The Shape of Water where I almost felt myself, like, you know, is it breaking down because this woman was doing so much without even speaking. Hawkins was intensely great. But Frances McDormand in Free Billboards, wow. What a lady. She hasn't lost a step in the how many years I've seen her as an actress, and she was just damn good in the film, so she was the one that ended up winning, and I was really happy um, that she won, because her performance in you know Three Billboards was outstanding, and her speech was um, both funny, interesting, and you know powerful, but it did rub some people the wrong way. I did, in, it was funny just to see her sort of like, you know, freaking out on stage, hyperventilating and stuff like that. But I did like how she said, you know, the Oscar, um, how she said she shared the Oscar with like, you know, the other actresses that were nominated, but also got all the other ladies to stand up and say, yo, man, like, um, it's all about, you know, uh, getting more voices heard yeah, in terms of like you know is it gender and racial diversity and stuff like that but some people have uh you know taken to twitter and like you know online stuff in general just saying yo miss mcdormand like you know is it you're just pushing a random agenda it's not about like you know is it having more uh diversity in film it's all about the talent and to a degree i do agree i mean it's all about having the right talent for a film regardless of their gender and race if you start pushing you know is it um equality for the sake of equality then you know the quality of films and you know stuff like that might go down just because you know you're you know just trying to include people without you know including the right people who have the skills for the job but yeah i mean I think what she was trying to say is that, like, you know, is it, we do need a little bit more variation in the type of people that we see and, um, you know, people that work on these films. So, yeah, I mean, I think she was doing it from a good place. It's just, I think her wording uh, sort of rubbed people the wrong way, but I'm happy that she won. With Best Supporting Actor, that was the actual nomination and award that I actually saw. Best Supporting Actor included Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, a film I didn't get around to seeing, unfortunately, but I heard so many great things. Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, he was really good in the film, but I didn't think it was, like, you know, super top-tier material. Um, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water was honestly my go-to. After I saw The Shape of Water, his character was, like, one of the most compelling elements of that film. He goes through a journey and has such an interesting sort of like uh, personality and sort of um, certain moments that he has in, on screen. You know, these are quiet moments that were just really good. So I was hoping that Richard Jenkins won, but unfortunately he didn't. 
Uh, Christopher Plummer and all the money in the world, obviously being the replacement actor for uh, Kevin Spacey, I still thought he did a damn good job in the film, and he was so intense and cruel and yeah, oddly compelling in that film. And I, if he had won, I mean, you know, I think there would have been like a bit of a commotion about it, but at the same time, I thought he was pretty damn good, so I would have liked for him to win. But Sam Rockwell, he won for three billboards, and his character was, uh, he was a douche. But he played that douche really well. And I think because of, like, you know, the uh, Oscar buzz surrounding this film beforehand, it, it was technically a sort of shooting that he would win. But um, I'm still happy for Sam Rockwell, though. He's a damn good actor. And I'm happy that he uh, he won. His his uh, speech as well was um, <laughs> quite good and um, quite funny at the same time. Best Supporting Actress um, was another interesting race. You had Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, who was really good in that film. She did a lot of powerful and dramatic and intense things with such subtlety. Alison Jenny and I, Tonya, who was just the worst kind of mother. But Alison Jenny played that role so well. Uh, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, again, I didn't get around to seeing that, so I don't know how good she was in that film. Laurie Metcalf for uh, Lady Bird, who was actually, you know, my favourite, you know, actor in that film. She was damn good. And Octavia Spencer in The Shape of War. Octavia Spencer has been one of my favourite actresses since I saw her in the first Spider-Man film. Um, and she just does good work in every film I've ever seen her in, so I would have been happy to see her win, but um, Alison Jenny was the one that took it for I, Tonya, and... That was one hell of a character. You won't forget her after the film is over. So, um, yeah, hats off to her for winning. Her Oscar feature was pretty short and funny, but, um, yeah, damn good work. When it comes to best original screenplay, it came down to The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And out of these five, I would have gone with either The Big Sick or Get Out. Because those scripts were like, you know, it was pretty good. But I was so happy. So happy for Jordan Peele when he won for uh, Best Original Screenplay. That script and that story overall was one of the most compelling, noteworthy, and just uh, notable. You know, was it uh, memorable scripts I've, you know, seen in the film for a while. And his speech was great. I was glad that in the end he won something because obviously he didn't win for like you know it was a director or a best film but the fact that he won for a best original screenplay and um, this is like a first for him and in the academy I was just like mate you're gonna go so far and his like you know speech was short sweet and so powerful so I'm happy for Jordan Peele I really am and this is like you know only the start of great things for him to come in the future. With Best Adapted Screenplay, you had Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. And I know a lot of us were hoping that Logan would win because that would be such a massive win for, like, you know, the superhero genre. Um, even though this is, like, one of the most, like, you know, subdued superhero films in the sense that it's more of a sort of Western thriller than a natural superhero film. But it's unfortunate that Logan didn't win. But Call Me By Your Name won, and I'm not surprised because that film had... You know really compelling source material that when you really got into like you know the depths of the story and some of these like sort of emotional moments plot points and uh, you know some of the dialogue it is really compelling stuff so i am happy that that film won especially with the um, speech that the um i don't remember the name of the guy that actually like came up to accept the award but it was a really touching speech about like you know is it how he's been working with some of these people for a long time and now he shared an award with them good stuff 
when it comes to best film editing, uh, it came down to Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tonya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. And I was praying, praying to the gods that Baby Driver would win. I mean, loads of people were saying that Baby Driver probably wouldn't win anything because of the Kevin Spacey, um, you know, uh, pullover that happened last year. But I was praying that the Academy would recognize the brilliance of Baby Driver, the intensity, timing, and you know, just execution of the editing in that film was fantastic. So the fact they didn't win just pissed me off. Um, and Dunkirk, again, from a technical standpoint, the film was really good. Um, I only saw the film once, and yeah, it didn't do much for me. Um, but you know, a technical achievement. Um, I'm happy that I won, I guess, but Baby Driver should have won it. That, that's my opinion. When it comes to Best Animated Feature, you know that there was only one real winner. But let's just go through the nominations one more time. You had The Boss Baby. Ugh. The Breadwinner, which I wanted to see before it, uh, you know, before the Oscars, but I just didn't have time. Coco, um, one of my favorite films from uh, this year slash last year. Ferdinand, I didn't bother watching it because yeah, it didn't look like my kind of thing. And Loving Vincent, another film that I wanted to see but didn't have enough time. But it was Coco that won, like it should have. I was like, yes, 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 high pipe. So, um, yeah, seeing the directors, like, you know, give their speeches about, um, you know, wanting to make a film that was, um, you know, accessible to everyone, pushing, you know, um, more diversity and having people of different races feel like they were included. And the fact that they, you know, really love, like, you know, the Mexican culture and wanted to, you know, bring it into film and just have everybody feel like they were included, you know, just spread the notoriety of, like, you know, Mexico and its culture. That was great. Good speeches. I'm happy that Coco won. I was like, yes, good stuff. When it comes to best cinematography, you have Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and Shape of War. Um, out of those five, I would have put it down to Blade Runner... The Shape of Water and Dunkirk because those three films to me had like the most uh, striking camera work of all the films out there but I'm happy that um, Blade Runner 2049 won it because that film looked really really good um, I obviously there was a I guess a blend of um, practical and CGI but a lot of it was CGI but the way in which they were able to create such uh, you know striking landscapes in such a you know subdued color scheme was pretty good and finally Roger Deakins won he's been waiting for that Oscar for years I'm pretty sure they said in the uh, in the video that he'd been nominated like 14 times and he'd only just won now I'm like bloody hell how much do you have to work but I'm happy that he won because uh you know he should have won for Sicario that year I don't know what the hell was going on with that but I'm happy that he won for uh cinematography I think he said he'd been working on some of the people with on Blade Runner 2049 for like 30 years. So this is like, you know, his uh, first major award. And I'm just happy. Deacons is a damn good cinematographer and it's about time he got recognized. So yeah, good stuff. These next few awards I'm going to run through a little quicker just because, you know, need to move on. So yeah, best production design was won by The Shape of Water. And that is not a surprise at all. That film had a really good look to it in terms of like the way in which things were organized and the set design was you know very very pretty and unfortunately my film to win in best sound mixing and sound editing was ignored again baby driver didn't win anything in best sound mixing or sound editing unfortunately again that went to bloody dunkirk and again 
if I was to take away anything from Dunkirk for it to win, it definitely would have been sound mixing and sound editing because some of that material, especially during the dogfights, was damn good. That being said, I feel like Baby Driver just did it in a more creative and compelling manner. So, damn it, Academy, why you gotta take away from my film? Why you gotta do it? So yeah, Dunkirk won for sound mixing and sound editing. And um, best visual effects, oh man. This was a stacked year again because you had Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. And I guess the Academy was always going to pick, you know, more um, grand scale, you know, visual effects over like, you know, more, I guess, smaller scale. It was a, you know, foolish thing for me to think that War for the Planet of the Apes would have won for the incredible technical material that they do. Um, where digital going about and like you know taking these uh, you know motion capture based uh, you know individuals and then you know combining it to create the most realistic ape-like people we've ever seen in any film ever in the academy each year is just dismiss my peeps pisses me off so again the apes have no justice um, but yeah Blade Runner 2049 was a damn good looking film so yeah it was tough competition, but I really wish the Apes would have won. And finally, in terms of the awards that I want to talk about, we have Best Original Score and Best Original Song. With Best Original Score, there was no doubt in my mind that it belonged to The Shape of Water. Alexandre Desplat has been one of my favorite composers since he joined the Harry Potter series I think for the last two films definitely Hallows part one and part two and since then has gone on to create like you know some of my favorite scores in terms of the Grand Budapest Hotel Godzilla and like most recently his win for The Shape of Water it, it probably is the best music he's composed to date it was a character in the film which you know strikes you from the time you hear it it has such a unique melancholy uh creative somber yet hopeful and enchanting sound which you know fills your ears and your soul and you know from the time the film begins to the time it ends it just has such a presence and his uh acceptance speech was really good as well i'm just happy that the right person won for that award and best original song i didn't see marshall unfortunately so i can't say anything about like you know stand up for something and Mighty River from my Mudbound was pretty good. But I think it would have been between, like, you know, was it uh, The Greatest Showman, This Is Me, Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, and Remember Me from Coco. But I would have liked to see This Is Me get, like, you know, an Oscar because that song obviously was in the trailer before you even saw the film, but it ended up being, like, you know, an anthem, like, since uh, bloody late, late side of December, and it's still in the cinemas right now, which shows how much people really love this bloody film. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that This Is Me didn't win, but at the same time, Remember Me is such a beautiful song, especially once you get to sort of the end side of Coco and you see what that song really means, it's a damn beautiful song, so I'm happy that that song won. And yeah, um, that's gonna do it for all the films I want to talk about in terms of, you know, what won. There's other departments like, you know, was it documentary, best foreign film, but you know, was it, I don't watch that because... Um, you know, I'm only, I only get to see so many films a year, so yeah. All the films that won, some of it was, uh, you know, expected, but some of it was, like, you know, very pleasing. Uh, you know, when it comes to Roger Deakins and Jordan Peele and some of these other people here and there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy overall with, like, the way in which things turned out, for the most part. Just 
ah, I still wanted like you know some bloody justice for the apes and baby driver and finally I just wanted to talk about like you know was it from what I saw at the Oscars um, you know how I feel the overall thing was um, I like watching the Oscars because sometimes you just get to see um, certain actors slash actresses come up and you know be an interesting pair together or certain people you haven't seen for a while or don't expect to see in this sort of environment show up like when Dave Chappelle um, came on to uh, present like you know as an award I was like mate look at Dave Chappelle at the Oscars yes good stuff I was hyped but um, I really want to take the time just to talk about Jimmy Kimmel um, I like his show um, he's a very funny man and the interviews he does with a lot of film stars um, I've definitely started watching a lot more of in the last like two to three years um and the guy's just fun he's a funny man he just has a nice air and energy about him his jokes and timing felt good he never sort of you know overstayed his welcome um kept things moving he even had a bloody timer to try and entice um you know was it the people who won awards to you know wrap up their speeches as quickly as possible to win a bloody um jet ski i think it's a jet ski with bloody Helen Mirren presenting the thing, I'm like, my gosh, it's like a game show and it's so jokes. And I'm like, because my um, stream of the uh, Oscars was like, you know, a little fuzzy. I was thinking that looks a little like Helen Mirren. But when I was watching the replay today during like uh, Jimmy Kimmel's opening monologue, it was Helen Mirren. I'm like, yeah, it's her. Oh. And um, I didn't see who won the jet ski in the end. Um, but yeah, I'm like, that's a pretty good way to entice people to... Um, bloody you know skip there or speed up their oscar speeches but yeah i thought jimmy kimmel was really good he had a natural fit in the uh in the oscars um had some good jokes and his timing was great and he had a lot of interesting and important messages to say as well about like uh you know just the industry some of the actors involved and um obviously changing things for the bell so i thought jimmy kimmel did a good job overall to wrap things up i thought the oscars uh 2018 was good some of the people that I hoped would win would did win, and some of the people that I hoped would win did not win. Some of it was expected, like I said before, but for the most part, it was good. So, yeah, all-round decent experience. Uh, so, yeah, what did you guys think of the Oscars? Did you think it was a good show? Do you think the people that won were the people that deserved to win? Or do you think that there were some other people that, you know, should have got the awards? List off your thoughts in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55 or holler at me on the email thehypersonic555 at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, please subscribe and rate the uh, podcast. Give me some positive feedback, please. We need to grow this thing and make it blow up. So, yeah. I think that'll do it for, uh, you know, another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening as always. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out.